need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is Buffalo What's Next. I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Dave Debo. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White. After May 14th, how can we afford not to talk about race? About education, about segregation, about humanity. Since the dawn of this nation, racial violence has existed. The way we have designed our society has a big hand in what occurred in that top market. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. Violence, more money into art. We can investigate what policies. If we're going to have some real healing, we've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. And good morning. This is Dave Debo. Today on the program, we really have just one big topic, but it's one that I think encompasses a lot of different areas. We've talked during this program, obviously, about race and segregation. That's part of the debate over city council districts. We've talked a little bit about procedure and government. That's part of the debate over city council districts. And then at yesterday's hearing, a third issue was brought in, and before the end of the program, we'll touch on that as well. It's the issue of gender, which unexpectedly arose in the hearings. We're going to get to all of this. Coming up on the program, Adam Bojack will be here, along with Katrina Martin-Bordeaux and Arai Shapley. Those were three of the people at yesterday's hearings on the City Council redistricting plan. And the, the plan is an interesting one, I think, that has created a lot of discussion Yesterday, certainly, it created a lot of contention. Maps were eventually approved by the city council earlier this month. Yesterday, there was the mandated public hearing from Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown before he signs or rejects the plan. And that was a pretty well-attended hearing. Uh, It was loud, and it included a shouting match in which Mayor Brown misgendered an audience member several times, and then he walked off the stage. Before continuing a discussion about the rest of it, before we get to our discussion, let's set the scene with WBFO's Emily Watkins and Tom Dinky. They were both there at the hearing last night, yesterday morning rather, and they're with us here now. Tom, set the scene. Talk to me about how this unfolded, uh, how maybe it moved from what started out, I'm guessing, as a pretty serene public hearing and became something else. Yeah, definitely. It definitely started off as a a relatively straightforward public hearing. Obviously, the speakers were very passionate, as you could imagine, but I would say mostly in a um, respectful tone with the mayor. Uh, again, certainly passionate. Uh, former uh, Buffalo mayor candidate India Walton actually addressed Mayor Byron Brown at one point and, and had some kind of biting words for him about um, by rejecting this map, he could be the change maker he claims to be. So certainly there were some somewhat harsh words for the mayor before we kind of led up to tensions really boiling over. But yeah, as you alluded to, Dave, um, really kind of the moment where things got out of control for a minute was the moment where the mayor um, repeatedly misgendered one of the audience members. And here is how that particular moment sounded. Would you? I'm not on house. I'm house. I just think it's a ridiculous policy, and I'm out there feeding. Okay. Can I can I ask you if you'd like to come to the microphone and speak? I don't want to talk to you because I already know that you are unresponsive to us. Like we have been out here constantly. There have been people out here for the past month trying to get this. Can can I'm not going to a microphone? You can hear me just fine. The fact that we only have three minutes to come and talk to you, that you scheduled it from 10 to 12.30. Ma'am, this is a legal public hearing. You called me ma'am, and I am not 
what what would you what 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 would you like to be called? I don't know. You can just just call me a person, like just. Okay, well, person, would you person would you like to come to the microphone? Otherwise, you are you are out of order. I'm not going to listen to are someone there. who is no. out of order and insists on being out of order. I'm are there, not are there, being are there out any? of order. I am saying that you should listen to what we are saying and hear all of us, and we shouldn't have to be out here constantly trying to get you to listen. That is not what you are should we? be doing. You're running away and hiding once again. Once again, you are walking yeah. away and not listening to us unless we play by your rules. Ridiculous. Are there any other? Are there? Because when you do, if you, you listen, you listen to people. If you can. That was Mayor Brown in an exchange with Arai Shipley. He will be joining us at the back end of the program today to talk about that exchange, to talk a little bit about the maps, but obviously about the misgendering that occurred at the public hearing. Tom, to what degree was that a turning point? I imagine the entire tone of the hearing. Went went somewhere from there. I, I certainly, once the mayor walked off the stage, complete confusion in the room. Uh, I actually overheard some of the people who were running the live stream of the hearing openly question whether they should cut off the feed. Uh, I don't think any really, really expected the mayor to walk off on that moment. I think just two quick important pieces of context for that clip would mm-hmm. be that uh, Arise was sitting in the audience and the mayor was repeatedly asking them to come to the microphone. They, they did, as, as you could hear, refuse to come there. But also another important piece of context is that that was indeed the third time the mayor had referred to Arise as ma'am. Uh, Arise. And to be plain, and we'll talk again with Arise at the end of the program, mm-hmm. he is a trans person. Yes. And he prefers the pronouns he or they, them. Yes. And each time Arise corrected the mayor. And so uh, uh, by the time it third happened, it really kind of, you know, was noticeable. All right. Now, Emily Watkins was also at the hearing. She's with us. What were the main concerns, Emily, that people raised? Thomas talked a little bit, obviously, about the process and certainly how the hearing changed once uh, once that exchange happened with Arise. But what were the main concerns that people brought forward, either about the maps or about uh, the way this is being enacted? Absolutely. And I just want to correct one thing. Uh, Arise is trans non-binary, um, and those pronouns, they use them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, from what happened with the rise, a big concern was why use gendered language at all? Why have this meeting at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday? Why, you know, why not answer anyone's questions at this hearing? Um, He refused to, you know, have a back and forth with people. And um, I believe Tom told me when I got there that there were several points where he was looking down as people were talking to him. Um, Not to mention, uh, you know... With this whole process, people are upset and concerned about the current map because uh, they feel it might be gerrymandered. And, you know, one person pointed out that this maps and the way that Buffalo is set up created the the issues that led to tops being targeted. And let's hear a little bit from that person at the hearing. Everyone should be angry. There was a massacre. We witnessed it this time, but there have been massacres for decades in this city. It's rooted in them. 
when are you gonna do something? This is the easiest thing. It's just a rubber stamp. And um, that was Tia Brown. They went on to say how, uh, you know, it's no mistake that the East Side is segregated. This was created. This isn't natural. Um, and, you know, that's been a huge discussion we've had on this program and that we've been having since tops and before tops that, you know, this is all created um, by the way our maps are designed, by the way our city is laid out. So that was the major concern with the way this map is laid out and who it gives power to. As our discussion this morning moves on, we'll talk a little bit more about that process. There was a group called Our City, a group of advocates that came out with a, a map of their own. The city came up with a map of their own. And depending on what camp you're in, you embrace one or two of the maps. But part of the discussion at the um, at the hearing yesterday was um, was the entire idea of these maps were not necessarily of the neighborhood, or at least taking neighborhood concerns into effect. Tom, tell me about what you heard and saw in that regard uh, about about the. Uh, yeah, there, the there, was, there was one speaker there, uh, Katrina Martin-Bordeaux, who we'll have on this program later, who who, who basically made the argument that um, our city action didn't consult with all the neighborhoods who their map would impact. Um, I know that she was particularly upset about what happened to her neighborhood, Genesee Moselle, uh, placing it in, in the Lovejoy district. Um, I think she was also had some concerns about the Delvin Grider Community Center being cut out of the Maston district. Um, yeah. And basically making the argument that our city action was representing themselves at the community without consulting everyone in the community. So y'all were wrong for doing what you did, not consulting, and then representing yourselves as our community. You didn't consult with anybody in our community. We don't identify with, 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 with some of you. We don't know some of you. So it's more about geography, and it's a lot about ethnography. Katrina Martin-Bordeaux will be part of the program later, so stay with us. Much more discussion to come. Before we move on to that discussion, I did like to, or would like to say for certain that we had plans this morning to have Mayor Brown on as part of the program. His spokesperson, Michael DeGeorge, earlier this morning said that would not be possible this morning after a member of the mayor's staff lost a battle with cancer last night. We send our condolences, and we will have him on a future program. Emily and Tom, thanks very much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Coming up in just a moment, Adam Bojack will join us. He's an attorney, and he's threatening a lawsuit over all of this. More to come. This is Buffalo What's Next. Watch the WNED PBS original production, The Great Erie County Fair. We were brought up on the fair. You know, that was the place to go, the thing to see. Celebrate 175 years of the excitement and competitive spirit of the fair. The Great Erie County Fair. Now streaming on YouTube and the PBS video app. Support for the WBFO Disability Desk is sponsored by the Peter and Elizabeth C. Tower Foundation. Donations come in many forms. A sustaining membership, a one-time gift, even that extra vehicle you no longer need. Learn more about the advantages of donating a vehicle. Here's how. Go to WNED.org vehicles. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. 
This is WBFO, your NPR station. And we are continuing our discussion this morning about the Buffalo City Council redistricting plan. And some of the criticism out there is that it will change the east side or it will maybe segregate neighborhoods in ways that it shouldn't and that it could possibly dilute the black vote. Attorney Adam Bojek is here. He's a New York housing and tenants' rights attorney. His name might be familiar to you. Recently, he was a candidate in the past couple of years for New York State Assembly. He's been working on behalf of the Our City Action Buffalo Group. They were the ones that came up with an alternative map. Adam, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What is your opposition to the plan that the mayor put up before this contentious hearing yesterday? So... The plan that is before the mayor that he was holding the public hearing on yesterday. The one that the council approved and sent on to him for this hearing yesterday. Exactly, exactly. So this is a a map that was drawn by a commission back in January and February and was passed on to the the common council. They made some slight changes and they've passed it and now it's before the mayor. He can veto or approve it. And the problems with this map are that it, it breaks the law at all levels. It is against the city charter, it's against the state constitution of New York, and it's also against the, the, the Federal Voting Rights Act. Let's, let's look at each of these in turn. What does the law say that a good map should include or look like? So the city charter is very clear. It says that there are you know, some basic guidelines that you must follow, and some of them are easier to hit than others. Number one, the, the districts must be proportionally the same as far as population, and that's pretty easy that's the the thing that's always easy to easiest to hit for the map drawers, but it also says that the districts must be compact, and that's not just a a, a a word thrown in there for fun. There's a specific meaning behind that, and geographers use a an equation that can compute based on the the borders of a district how compact it is, and it gets a score from zero to one. And so when you look at the map that is before us right now, that has been passed by the Common Council, anybody could look at that and say that that's not a normal shape for for any of these districts. Some of them are more compact than others, but uh, they, they fall very short. It, it, the, the city charter specifically says avoid variations in length and width. So and, compact basically means a polygon of some sort, a, a nice compact circle or a square or a, something with a, a triangle even, something with concrete sides to it rather than, say, the Fillmore District as proposed, which embraces Allentown over here closer to the west side and Jefferson, Broadway, Fillmore over there closer to the east side. Exactly, exactly. The Fillmore is the most egregious example when you're looking at the map because it's a big horseshoe shape that wraps around another district. And Niagara, when you look at it, that's one of the most compact, and it makes sense when you look at it. But another one that many people don't think about is the Lovejoy District, where it's a thin line sliding down the right-hand side of the map. And it reaches in now, after the Common Council made some changes, it reaches all the way down into South Buffalo and snags a little neighborhood down there. And so that's actually kind of one that's kind of flown under the radar as far as being very far from being compact. Why? So... What the Common Council has done is they're picking their constituents. And so when when these these districts are are drawn 10 years ago, I mean, that, that's really what we have to talk about. 10 years ago, I don't think the public was probably paying as much attention as they are now. Things have changed. And so 10 years ago, 
Um, Ellicott was was gerrymandered with this weird tail that went down to the waterfront because that's where the, that person lived, and he wanted to keep At the his... time, Darius Pridgen lived on the waterfront. Correct. So that district 10 years ago was drawn to include his then residence. Yes, it went down to— Even though Ellicott is primarily an east side, maybe central Buffalo district. Exactly right. And it went down to being one block wide, and it snaked through the lower west side and then— captured that portion of the waterfront where he lived. But that's history. Talk about the current plan. Is that same kind of gerrymandering something that was once again done? You contend that these lines were not drawn for compactness, but to include certain people as the, as it happened 10 years ago. Yeah, that's the problem is that 10 years ago, we're, we're basically re-approving the same map. So ah. we've gotten rid of that tail because Darius Pridgen no longer lives on the waterfront. But the other thing they did 10 years ago was draw Fillmore in this big horseshoe shape because David Franzak lived in a certain part, but he wanted to represent the same district. And so now the next person who is representing Fillmore lives in Allentown and is representing people that his district is a large portion of the, the Lower East Side. And so that 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 injustice is being maintained moving forward. And so people are now paying much more attention, like I said, than they were 10 years ago. And we're, we're, we're standing up together as a community and saying, no more of this. Let's, let's have districts that represent the communities and the people. I, I'm not going to dispute your argument, but I also want to try and make it real. Come on, gerrymandering exists. Remember the Louise Slaughter congressional district that was like an earmuff around Buffalo and Rochester? Uh, some of the discussion currently with the 23rd district, same sort of thing. Gerrymandering is a thing. Politicians will do this. You're fighting an uphill battle. That that may be the case, but people are paying way more attention to it now. And and we just had the, the precedent here in New York State where they drew new maps for the Assembly and the New York Senate and the congressional districts in the state that was favorable to Democrats. And two out of three of those got overturned by, by courts. The, the Republicans took it to court at the state assembly level and, and uh, state Senate level and said, this is gerrymandering. These are designed because it's trying to protect certain candidates. That argument was accepted by a court, which brings me to the fact that you are considering a lawsuit. That is in the works. Of course, Nothing can be filed yet because this is technically the, the procedure has not completed. So there's three ways this can go. Either Brown signs it into law and then it's in law. A, a lawsuit can be filed. He can veto it. And then we would expect that the common council would override his veto. They barely even took the time to vote in the first place. They're so together on this. And so then it would be law. Then a lawsuit could be filed. There's an infinitesimal chance that the mayor could veto it and then the common council would change it and and start from scratch. I don't expect that to happen. And so. would that be okay under the law? Because didn't all of this process initially start with a commission? If the council makes changes now, I've heard them argue that that, that would disrupt the entire process because the commission is a mandated part of the process. And if they make these changes now, they have rejected the commission and therefore also subjected themselves to lawsuit by rejecting the process as spelled out. It's hard to accept any of their legal arguments because they misinterpreted a lot of laws and they would tell it to our faces. And so they, they said before that they couldn't, they couldn't look at other maps and that the one that was given to them by the commission, they just had to vote up or down, even though they made changes to it. So they made changes to a map that was given to them and then said, we can't make any changes. So 
the 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 mayor always has a right to veto it. It just kind of gives more time back to the common council to to redo it. It it, it doesn't um you know there's nothing against that in the city charter. Attorney Adam Bojack is here. He's working with the Our City Action Buffalo Group. He is one of those opposed to the current plan for the redistricting of the city of Buffalo, the changing of the city council districts. A contentious public hearing yesterday. The city council has already said yes to the plan, but the mayor, before he votes on it, approves it or vetoes it, had to hold a public hearing, and that was a little bit of yesterday's powder keg. Adam, you've, you've talked about how the city charter requires certain things. You've touched on the lawsuit with the Republicans and how New York State does certain things. A lot of this program discusses race and segregation and disinvestment and all of the east side issues that have sprung from the tops shooting. Is there a federal component involving civil rights here? There absolutely could be. There could be. Uh, the, the Voting Rights Act is a very important piece of legislation. It has been weakened by the Supreme Court in recent years, but it does still exist and it does still have some bite. What does it require? My understanding is that it's primarily access to the ballot box. I can't do anything to make sure that black voters don't get to the polls. I can't do anything that makes sure any specific group of voters don't get to the polls. Is this redistricting plan, in your opinion, doing that? Restricting ballot access? Explain. So it, it's these are st- things that we are still, you know, there, there is a, a group of people that I can't really go too much into, but we're looking at all these avenues to make sure that when we, if and when something is filed, it's going to be as strong as possible. And so we don't want to commit ourselves to one or the other at, at, at this moment. It's, but, but, and you wouldn't tip your hand to me if it's something you want to uh, slam on the table as a, as a trump card in, in court. I get it. I suppose that's also true. Okay. <laughs> but, but to your mind, a lot of the discussion has been about race. Go there for me. Absolutely. So one thing I do want to point out is for those that weren't able to attend or watch the the public hearing from yesterday, I would say I I didn't count, but there were probably about two dozen speakers throughout the course of the hearing. And only one speaker did not explicitly tell the mayor to veto these maps. And that person didn't actually address the maps in their comments. They were addressing other things. And so the overwhelming majority of people are against these maps as far as we, they're people that are actually speaking about it. Um, and so when we talk about the, the racial makeup, that's another thing that's in the city charter that says when you're drawing districts, you should not be breaking up racial or social groups or ethnic groups when you're drawing districts. And 10 years ago, they explicitly did that. And then we need to change the map now because they're going to continue to do that. So there are a bunch of examples. Number one is the the west side, the lower west side, where there's a large Latino, uh, Latina and Hispanic population. And those are split in half right now, almost in half between the Niagara District and the Fillmore District. And so those people should not have their voting rights diluted like that. They should be able to vote as a block. And the the other thing that the, the, the proposed map does is it doesn't follow the city's own planning neighborhoods where the planning neighborhoods that the city uses it's about 35 36 of those around the city and those actually recognize the social racial ethnic groupings in the city and and also socioeconomic groupings in the city and let me let me put forth a, an alternative argument though i think you can argue and this program discusses it daily 
that there are issues on the east side, socioeconomic issues, issues of poverty, issues of disinvestment in the minority community. Is that not also the case with the Hispanic community to maybe different degrees, but with the Hispanic community on the lower west side? Can you make the argument that on socioeconomic issues, there is a, a community here, be they on the lower west side or the east side of Buffalo, that that is a theme that allows you to unite these groups because they need the same kind of representation. They bring the same kind of issues to the table. Those issues need to be heard in that context. Push back. So that would be, in my opinion, uh, a justification after the fact, because that was not the the thinking when the commission drew those lines 10 years ago. They drew those lines for Fillmore to keep David Franzak in a certain neighborhood when he was in this common council. And so now trying to say, oh, well, those people have the same socioeconomic needs. That's true of 60, 70, 80 percent of the city. And so that that shouldn't justify breaking up racial groups in these neighborhoods, in these districts. Rhetorically, would it be okay if we had a rich white district, a poor black district, a Hispanic district over here? That would satisfy some of the compactness that would bring certain issues to the forefront. What would be wrong with that? That I mean, I'd have to see a map and, and, and look at whatever lines might be might be drawn. But we kind of have a couple like that already. I would argue that if you're going to look for a rich white district, the closest you'll get to that is a Delaware. Right. And, right. and of North, course, there's yeah. it's not you know a homogenous. Everybody in that is a rich white person. But that's about as close as you'd get to that. Um, and. The other thing that the, the the map I do want to point out is they the, the the common council took the map that the commission gave them and made it worse. They made it racially worse. So the the map that came out of the commission had four districts out of nine where uh, black people were the largest voting group. They were the plurality voter group in that district. And after that little change they made, where Brian Bowman's district Lovejoy took that little piece of South Buffalo. Lovejoy flipped from plurality African-American black to plurality white. And so they actually made the map even worse when they told us they couldn't make any changes. Mm. So th- 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 we have to make sure that we're looking at this from a holistic point of view. And, and, and just they're, they're moving chess pieces around on the board, but the board itself is, is, is unjust. And earlier you said that this year is different than 10 years ago. Is that because... There is obviously more discussion of race. Is that because of the top shooting? I think that has a huge part to play, a huge part to play. Um, I would also point out that India Walton's campaign last year certainly raised a lot of awareness uh, in, in the Western New York area, especially in the city of Buffalo, just that things were unjust and we could, we could do something to change them. And a lot of those people have rolled that forward into this, especially because, as you've just pointed out, the massacre in tops happened on May 14th. And then this, the Common Council, four days later, held a public hearing on these new maps that they got from the commission. Two people showed up because nobody was ready for something like that. That They had plenty of time. They had months and months and months to do that. And they they chose that day. Now, I'm not going to say that there's any sort of ulterior motive, but they should have known better at the very least. And so, Thank God that we had somebody, Rusty Weaver, the geographer, happened to be there at that meeting and started raising the alarm bells. And had he not been there, 
we we might not be having this conversation, this very important conversation. Rusty Weaver, by the way, is a geographer at the Cornell ILR School's Buffalo office. Jay Moran had him on the program about uh, two weeks ago. That entire episode, if you'd like to dig in deeper, is available at WBFO.org. Counselor, you opened the door, so I have to bring this testimony forth. Uh, you mentioned India Walton. You were a supporter of her campaign? Yeah. Full disclosure, I did uh, volunteer for her campaign. A lot of the public hearing yesterday, and I think Tom Dinky spoke to this, Emily spoke to this, uh, Emily Watkins, um, a lot of the public hearing yesterday at one point kind of turned into a battle between the public and Mayor Brown. I don't necessarily want to put it in that context unless that context belongs. Talk to me about that. I think that is the pent-up anger from people who have not been heard by those in power. And when the only time you get to talk to your mayor is at a public hearing before he probably approves a racial or, or you know racial gerrymandering map, that, that anger is going to spill out. And I don't begrudge anybody their anger against the mayor because he hurt a lot of people with what he did last year. And over the past 16 years, let's be honest, he has overseen a city that is one of the poorest in the country, one of the most racially segregated in the country, has the oldest housing stock in the country. You know, I work in housing and, and, and with tenants, and the the stories that we hear every day, every week, are are just gut wrenching, heartbreaking, and nothing has changed. So that anger is real, and if he can't handle it, then then he shouldn't be in that job. We did, by the way, have plans to have Mayor Brown on the program this morning. His spokesperson said that uh, he wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't be possible for him to be here overnight. The mayor lost a member of his staff who had been battling cancer. Again, we send our condolences, and we will have him on a future program down the road. The initial plans, though, were to probably, possibly have him here today to discuss some of this. Adam, the question I usually end a lot of these interviews about is, are you optimistic? Or in light of the struggles that you've just outlined, do you have any hope? Short term, I think it's an uphill battle. I think you mentioned earlier, we're fighting uphill on this very specific issue. Long term, I do have hope because things are changing. You can feel it in the communities, the way people talk these days. They've realized that they don't have to settle for for the status quo anymore. And the status quo has been ruining people's lives for a very long time, especially here in Buffalo. And and I do have hope for the future that people are ready to take the step to take back, you know, things that have been taken from them, especially uh, the power over their own lives. And so I, I am hopeful for the future. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Housing attorney Adam Bojack. He's with the Our City Action Buffalo Group, Democratic committee man. You might have seen him run for office in the New York State Assembly. And uh, as he mentioned earlier, someone who had worked closely on the India Walton campaign. Thanks for being here. Coming up next, we're going to talk to yet another person who was part of the hearings yesterday. Katrina Martin-Bordeaux is an um, activist. She's a researcher. She's a nurse. She crunches numbers, and she's been looking to some degree at this entire um, process so we're going to bring her in and talk about some of the opposition she has. And then later in the program, we will also bring in Arise Shipley. If you were listening earlier to the discussion about this public hearing yesterday, he is the one who had that exchange with the mayor that kind of changed the entire public hearing. At one point during the hearing, he was misgendered. 
He prefers either the he or they, them pronouns. Mayor Brown on three occasions, and we'll play the tape a little bit later, on three occasions misgendered a rise, and that led to quite a contentious exchange which led for Mayor uh, to Mayor Brown briefly leaving the stage during the public hearing yesterday. We'll get into all of that when we return. This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. Hey, we used to love this song. We still do, but we used to too. WBFO The Bridge, college radio for adults. Check us out on the TuneIn app or on your smart speakers and, of course, WBFO.org slash The Bridge. Watch the WNED PBS original production, The Great Erie County Fair. We were brought up on the fair. You know, that was the place to go, the thing to see. Celebrate 175 years of the excitement and competitive spirit of the fair, The Great Erie County Fair. Now streaming on YouTube and the PBS video app. WBFO is your home for trusted news about your community. And WBFO The Bridge connects music and community. Hear local music from bands like Farrell from Buffalo, Tedesco Knows Best from Niagara Falls, and Stress Dolls from Buffalo every day on WBFO The Bridge. Listen at WBFO 88.7 HD2 or WNED 94.5 HD2 or stream it from WBFOTheBridge.org or the WBFO The Bridge mobile app. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. Good morning. I'm Dave Debo. We are talking about some of the fallout of the discussion yesterday, the public hearing before Mayor Byron Brown about the redistricting of the Buffalo City Council districts. Uh, We've had accusations of gerrymandering. We have had accusations that the mayor is not necessarily listening. And if you heard any of the sound coming from that public hearing yesterday, you will know that the, uh, the meeting got contentious. The meeting turned basically on one single point, and that point was when Arise Shapley rose to discuss things with the mayor at yesterday's public hearing. Here's what it sounded like. Would you? I'm not a house. I'm housed. I just think it's a ridiculous policy, and I'm out there feeding. Okay. Can I, can I ask you if you'd like to come to the microphone and speak? I to you, because I already know that you are unresponsive to us. Like, we have been out here constantly. There have been people out here for the past month trying to get this can, back. Can, I'm not going to the microphone. You can hear me just fine. The fact that we only have three minutes to come and talk to you, that you scheduled it from 10 to 12.30. Ma'am, this is a legal public hearing. What would you like to be called? I don't know. I, you can just, just call me a person. Like, just okay, well, person, person, right? would you, like, I, person, would you like to come to the microphone? I, I do not want to come Otherwise, to the you are, you are out of order. I'm not going to listen to are someone there, who is no, out of order and there, insists on being out of order. I'm not are there, are there being any, out of order. I am saying that you should listen to what we are saying and hear all of us, and we shouldn't have to be out here constantly trying to get you to listen. 
That is not what you should be doing. You're running away and hiding once again. And at that point, Mayor Byron Brown stepped away from the stage, away from the exchange with Arise Shapley. He is here with us to talk a little bit more about that this morning. And uh, later in the program, we also will talk about some more substance of the maps. But this was the point at which the the entire public hearing, I think, really turned. So I'm glad you're here, able to talk a little bit about it. Are you offended still? Uh, Offended? Um... I don't think it's so much that I'm offended as much as I just feel like the way that he interacted with me is very much the way that he interacts with people in general in Buffalo. Um, The misgendering, like, that happens to me on a daily basis. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Devil's advocate in a crowded room. Yeah. The mayor is on stage way down there. You're out in the audience. Isn't it natural or at least understandable for the mayor to have maybe once, made a mistake that you're probably used to, made a mistake that has probably happened on other occasions. I wouldn't say it's natural because the gender binary is not natural. Fair. And I do understand why it happens because we still live in a system where the gender binary is very present, right? Um, However, that was the third time he had misgendered me and I had corrected him. So once that is twice. maybe not okay, but yeah. once is understandable for yes, you. Yes, once is understandable. And I said, I'm not a ma'am, right? And I said that to him. And then it continued to happen when I talked with him and he said it again. And so at that point, it's just, it, that becomes like a level of, like, it literally shows that he is not, he might be listening, but he's not hearing us and he's not understanding us. You can just call me a person. Okay, person, do you want to come to the microphone? Was that exchange particularly traumatic? I mean, it was It was definitely like a choice on his part to do that. I mean, like, I, I think what I was responding to there is that I feel deeply like my humanity was not being recognized in that moment, Right. And so, like, me responding with, please just call me a person, like, just acknowledge me as a human being and don't try to gender me in the way that you are, um, was really what I was trying to say. And he took it and just, like, used it in a way that was, it, 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 it sounds bad, right? Like, he did it in a way that was just disrespectful. He could have said, do you just want to come to the mic? Or, or. What name shall or I use? Or what name what should is I your use? name? Like, ask me my name. He didn't ask me my name throughout that entire process, right? Like, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that that was his response and that was the way that he reacted. We did try to have the mayor on. He pledges to do so at a future date. I want to play devil's advocate, though, and try to put forth some of the arguments maybe that, that he would put forth if he was here. You were out in the audience. You didn't have a microphone. You were out of order. Respond. I I mean, that's true. Um, It is true that I spoke out of order. Um, I also think that asking me to come to the mic after I had been misgendered three times by him in order to address him, like, that's not really something I wanted to do. I want to talk with community. I want to talk with the people who are in that room. I think that we have been talking. I think that that's the most important part of this. And I also think that, like, I put in my public comment before coming, right? Like, I put it online. Um, I did that. I was there. When I'm in that room, I tend to not like to go up to the mic because it's... (laughs) 
I am upset, right? Like I am upset at where we are at right now in Buffalo. I'm upset with how this entire redistricting process has gone. And I think it's significant of the larger issues within Buffalo, the deep segregation that exists here, the way in which this also continues to just say that people don't have a chance of having like fair and equitable representation in their electoral politics, right? Like they're giving us just reason after reason to not believe in the electoral system, right? And sometimes speaking out of order is the way that you get things changed and you get a response, right? Um, so I do think that that, like, yes, I was speaking out of order, but so was he, right? Like, he was also, like I said, he was out of order. He di- he literally disrespected my humanity at least three times in that conversation, in that exchange. And I don't want to make our entire discussion here about that. So yeah. t- tell me what brought you out. What is your opposition to the map? I don't think it has been a fair, a transparent process. I don't think that it has included community members. I think the map is gerrymandered. It's inequitable. It's unfair. It largely and disproportionately gives priority to white voters, right? It gives more of a voice to them. I'm from the Fillmore District, right? I, I And I recognize that I shouldn't be a part of the Fillmore District. Like, I'm in this weird curve. You're in that little stretch between Allentown and what was traditionally the, the core of Polonia. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm like in Lower West Side. I'm right on Maryland Street, so okay. right over there. Um, but I should not be a part of the Fillmore District. To yeah. your mind, Maryland Street is not part of Broadway no. Fillmore. Yeah, no. One, one is over here on the left, yes, the other exactly. over here on the right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What happens next? What happens next? Yeah. Well, look, let's say the mayor approves this. Yeah. Adam Bojack was just on. He's an attorney. He's starting to talk about a lawsuit. Talk to me what happens in about what happens in the community. Do you see more protests? Do you see this as a, a point? And I'm asking it rhetorically because I think yeah. I know your answer. Uh, a point where suddenly there is much more discussion about race? I, I would certainly hope so. Um, I also think it's an acknowledgement that if this map passes, like... <laughs> That is our elected officials literally saying we're not even going to give you a fair chance in elections to try to represent yourselves. And I think that that's like a really important thing to acknowledge. Like we are all doing this work day after day, constantly out there within our communities, trying to support one another. The Our elected officials are making it harder. And I want to have elected officials who work with us, who represent us like fully and completely in our communities in whatever way. Um, And I think it's just about going forward from there, right? I I, Like, will there be protests? Will there be things that happen next? I don't know. Um, I also think, like, he should still veto the map, right? We still have time, and he should. Um, I think it's up to us to figure that out, yeah, and Uh, go from there. Arise, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, of course, yeah. Coming up next in the discussion, we will dig into the maps one more time with Karina, uh, excuse me, Katrina Martin Bordeaux. She's someone who has said, you know, that we might need new maps, but she's someone who also says that the maps drawn up by the Our City Action Buffalo Group are not necessarily something that uh, is of the community. So we will talk a little bit about that. We'll have much more to come. This is Buffalo. What's next? And I do. Before we do uh, go to a break, I do want to remind folks that um, you can see and hear some of the back and forth between the mayor and Arise Shapley 
on our Twitter feed, at WBFO. And also, this is a program, bit by bit, we're going to try and integrate more of those community voices. If you have a question or a concern or something you would like to raise about the individual program while it's air, on air or about something you think we should uh, discuss further down the road, there are a whole bunch of ways to do that. Our email address for story ideas and suggestions, and that's things that would impact this program, but also what the reporters do here at WBFO. Our email address is news at WBFO.org. The Twitter feed, obviously a direct message there will get to us, at WBFO. And there's another thing that is pretty cool. On our app, we have something called the Talk to Me button. And that's not just you in front of a keyboard saying, Dave, please please ask Arise a question about blah, blah, blah. That's not just you typing. You can actually, with that app in your hand, with your device, hit the Talk to Me button, and you can record a soundbite for us that we would be able to use on a future program. So there are a lot of different ways to engage with us. I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to uh, remind you of that. It's something we're going to try and emphasize more in future programs. Coming up next on the program, we'll be talking again with Katrina Martin-Bordeaux. Stay with us. This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. The next time you meet with your financial advisor, ask them about making a gift through your will for Buffalo Toronto Public Media. You may have the means to leave an inspired and lasting gift to the station while achieving benefits for your estate. For more information about leaving Buffalo Toronto Public Media in your will, contact Colleen Miller at 716-845-7031 or cmiller at wned.org. Thank you. Watch the WNED PBS original production, The Great Erie County Fair. We were brought up on the fair. You know, that was the place to go, the thing to see. Celebrate 175 years of the excitement and competitive spirit of the fair, The Great Erie County Fair. Now streaming on YouTube and the PBS video app. Hey, we used to love this song. We still do, but we used to too. WBFO The Bridge, college radio for adults. Check us out on the TuneIn app or on your smart speakers and, of course, wbfo.org slash the bridge. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. This is Buffalo What's Next. Good morning. I'm Dave Debo. Katrina Martin-Bordeaux is here, part of our discussion today on the redrawing of Buffalo's city council maps. It's a redrawing that has uh, sparked a lot of controversy, obviously, at yesterday's public hearing. But even before that, there's been an alternative plan put out by Our City Action Buffalo, an activist group. There were people all over yesterday's public hearing saying that the mayor should veto this plan rather than move ahead with it. There was the contentious incident, contentious incident that we spoke of in our last segment. And through it all, I think there has been part of the discussion that maybe we need to bring forward here now with Katrina Martin-Bordeaux. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me today. What is your opposition to the maps? Uh, we we played a, a segment from you earlier at the public hearing where you basically, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but basically said, 
this is not of the community. Is it even too far for me to say white paternalism? Um, no, I wouldn't think that it was too far for you to say that. I think that it's fair for you um, to say that um, the process in of itself in redistricting, um, whether it is from um, a committee a government committee level, or whether it's from an activist group level, um, has to be and should be uh, more inclusive. Um, the city and governments have a process every 10 years in relation to, um, you know, re redistricting. And basically this was done how it usually is, is done. Um, people either know or don't know that it's going to take place. Um, people usually wait to see what we have. And then based on what we have, then there is usually, you know, um, a counter, some kind of um, opposition, some type of, you know, weighing in on that process. And I want to make sure I'm summarizing your position properly. You're against the existing maps, but you're also against the ones proposed by the Our City Action Buffalo Group. Um, yes and no. I'm not totally against the um, maps um, cut by, you know, the, the city. Um, what I feel about the maps, um, as far as the new maps that were, you know, cut from the, the city committee, um, is individualized. It's specific to me and my specific neighborhood and community without thinking about any other. Let, right? Let's and talk so more about that. I want those people on the opposite side of Genesee Street um, that are also Bissell Avenue, um, Goodyear, Coombs. I would like them to be in my district, right? That's a, that's a personal individual thing. It doesn't necessarily do anything collectively to help anybody else. But, but I bet you could argue that it does because people, and I'm generalizing here, I realize it, I'm doing it for the sake of the discussion, mm -hmm. people on the east side are generally black or people of color. They have common issues that would possibly suggest drawing them into a common council district, no? Yes. Um, well, that's, um, that, that, that's true also, but um, the district where they are on the other side of the street is just as black. Put, put, so I'm I'm having a hard time uh, picturing the maps. Put it in per perspective okay. for me. You live where, in what district, I, and what would these maps do for you to you? I live in the Fillmore District, and um, I live in the Genesee Moselle community. All right. Okay. Um, the Genesee Moselle community is currently cut into two election districts. It's cut in the Fillmore District, and it is cut in the Maston, the um, which would be the north side. Of East Ferry Street is the Maston District. The south side of East Ferry Street is the Fillmore District. Um, the way that the map stands today, um, the Our City plan moves to take the entire Genesee Moselle community out of um, its districts and put it into the Lovejoy District. Um, and that is not something that was discussed with the community. That's not something that we would agree to. It, it, they couldn't have had a conversation with people in the Maston District. And the reason why I say this, you are not going to have community members in the Maston District agree to cut their only community center out of their district. All right. And so the Grider and Delavan Center was specifically built for the Maston District. And um, no community activist group, block clubs, are going to agree to eliminate their district, put it in Lovejoy District. Um, they're, they're not going to do that. Is your opposition procedural, the community was not consulted, or is your opposition 
I don't like where these lines are drawn, or is it all of the above? It's all of the above. It's, okay. e- it's even where the lines were drawn. So where the our city map professes to make Delaware District more, more, more black and more diverse, they turn. They, what they did is they actually cut the more affluent parts of the black community, the more educated parts of the black community, um, the anchors of the black community, and actually put them in the Delaware District. Because if they, if you take out the parameter of um, Maston District, where it's, you know, close to Main Street, that's what you have there, right? And they don't understand about the Lovejoy District. The Lovejoy District is a diverse, mixed district, and that's the way the people there like it. That's why I, I attended Turner Carroll, right? And that, yeah. that was yeah. in, 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 in that district. And the Lovejoy District was a place where black communities, once you, once you, families, is once you start doing better, you start buying you a house on Floss, on Cortland, because you wanted to live in a more diverse community. So these are not people, um, black people that are in a community um, that they feel is saturated with, with, with whiteness, because they, they moved there because they, they, they liked that diversity because those are the locations and places we were going to school. But because of all of the issues that we have discussed previously on this program at some point, it's a place where they have an opportunity to change their housing situation, to change perhaps the amount of business investment. Am I am I right? Um, uh, do you speak to when you cut the district the way that you speak of? Yeah. Um, no. And the reason why is because not only when you took Moselle, Genesee out of um, the Maston district, you also took the redevelopment of the plant that's that's there, which was the old Chevy plant. Yeah. Okay. The Delvin okay. American yes. Axle and, Chevy and plant. So right. It, right. And so we should also we should actually be looking at um, the revitalization of Maston District from an industrial aspect of that being um, the in, industrial hub and the manufacturing hub that anchors and brings back the Maston District um, community, looking at um, 13% of, of those that live in 14215 at head of household are low-income um, health care workers. You know, others do manufacturing type of um, type of jobs. And so to, to, to break that community up like that without knowing about it when they have never not been Maston District yeah. is something that they would not tolerate and it's something that they would not want. And it's something that you probably say would have been included in the process if they were. Right. It would have been something that would have been included in the process, right? And when we speak about um, Lovejoy, right, and we speak about the city has uh, between, what, 38 and 42 percent black people, basically, right? And so we say that, okay, the way that the city's map is cut is that it's 46 percent black people in the Lovejoy district. Statistically, right, that's where we, that, that, that's about where we should be. It's okay to have diverse and in, in, in diverse districts, right? Because somebody has to be the welcome welcoming district and welcoming community for even our new citizens that are coming in, right? If we really understood the neighborhoods, we would look around that Casanova Park neighborhood in, in, in the south um, in the south district where you have a large African population that are deciding to purchase and buy homes there. Do you look at the employees that are at South Buffalo Mercy? Um, a lot of those employees are African people. Look at the enrollment at Trocare College. A lot of those people are African people. So what we're not doing is we're not taking a qualitative approach to looking at communities. We're, we're, we're carving communities, assuming that these black people over here must Our- want to be with these black people over here. And you put us together based on that while creating something 
on the west side of Main Street where there may be some kind of consensus for yourselves, right? Where you create an Allentown, Elmwood, Bidwell district, and that runs north to south. If you wanted to diversify this thing, you could have ran it west to east and take Allentown and run it back to the east. You could have did that also and put it into a district. Does not the east side need a loyal, strong advocate? If I'm drawing a district that includes someone who can address disinvestment on the east side, someone who can address poverty on the east side, someone who can address some of the housing issues on the east side. Does that not make the case for you, the counter argument that we maybe should draw lines around the poor on the east side, or at least uh, along some sort of ethnic or racial lines? Well, um, it's you're doing it more along a... um a socioeconomic line, you're doing it more along a class line. Because what you're saying is this, you create, the, our city map creates an elegant district that concentrates basically the poorest people in the city within that district. It then goes down and takes two districts that have a majority white people in it, which is the first ward, right? And um, the Seneca Babcock district, right? Yeah. Um, st- more, more struggling, um, working um, class community. And you, you put the, the poor white communities, the poor people, right? With, with the poor black people, right? That that doesn't, where there's no development going around in the central part um, of the city, and that makes a difference where the, our city map cut the districts to the west to give themselves the all of the development real estate where all of the government development is. Because if this was just about balance in population, when they elongated the Niagara district, taking the entire waterfront, from the from the south part of the north district all the way down to the south district, there's no population there. Mm. There's no people that live in that section of where they claim the claim the land that is traditionally in the south district. And so, for you, it's more than just gerrymandering, which I'm thinking I hear you say it is. Yes. For you, it's a land grab. It's, a, it is a, a, an economic a grab of economic assets. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what we have going on, and that largely created um, elegant district population that they create um, on their map is also where um, the real estate is left within the city for development, and we have a battle between private development and non. A non nonprofit development, and that is the issue. That's that's what's happening now, right? And so, where we have a Fillmore District Council member that at this time that might not, um, you know, be leaning towards letting any particular groups land bank, um, basically lots in city blocks. Um, for their potential building without having anything that they can do with it now, because right now I can't do that. I can't go buy more than two city lots until it, it, without having a plan for that, right? And so that's a lot of what the, 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 issue, the issue is now. I wish we had more time because the whole issue of diversity and the electoral map is something that I don't think I've heard anyone but you unify into one argument. We're going to have you back. We've got to talk a lot more about diversity. Okay. So glad that you were able, though, to be here today. Thank you. I, I thank you for having me. I'll come back to talk to you at any time. Katrina Martin-Bordeaux is with us, and that will do it for today's program. Obviously, if you uh, missed any part of it, you can get it online, on demand, at WBFO.org, or just listen again. We rebroadcast these shows every night at 9 o'clock. This is WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown. I'm Dave Debo. Thanks for listening.